definitely give the guys a big hand. I'll get you back up in just a moment. But I want to welcome all our guests once again, if you're visiting with us for the first time, or, uh, or if you're here for presence as well. And there's a, there's a few people around who have come in for conference this week. And uh, can I just encourage you, if you're not coming to presence conference, uh, this is the one to come to. If you, if you, if you haven't got plans, or if, if you, even if you're working, all our nights uh, are free. And so we'd love you to come. This is going to be the last time we hold presence in the format that it is. And so it's a really uh, it's a real page-turning moment in the history of our movement and the history of C3. So We'd love you to be there. And if you need any more information, just come and see us and we'll, we'll help you with that. And uh, I want to uh, wish happy birthday. It was on Good Friday. It was Katarine's birthday, which is amazing. And, and today it is our guest from New Zealand, Anthony's birthday. So give him a hand as well. Uh, which is awesome, and uh, we, we, we are so thankful uh, for the team here and all the people just for the last uh, month or two and the journey we've been on. We're so excited, and uh, we really are just thankful for, uh, for, for what's ahead and for this next season. We know that God's on this. We don't feel entitled. We don't feel like uh, this is our thing. We feel like this is God's thing. And God is on this house, and God is the head of this, this house, and we, uh, we're just so thankful for that. We feel like we're together, we're stewards of God's vision for this city, and uh, that's our heart, and we're so thankful uh, for Pastor Pat and Amanda, Pastor Phil and Chris, uh, that we are in a, in a vision bigger than one, one place. We're in a vision for our city, amen? And uh, this is this one location of, of 11 now that will be more, and we, we have a heart to see this whole city come to know Jesus, and, uh, and so that's our desire, that's our prayer. And uh, this morning, just want to share a few thoughts uh, around Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. And uh, so if you've got your Bibles or if you're on the screen, I'm going to read a little story from Luke uh, 24, one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. And uh, our, our theme for Easter this year has is, is been Love Never Fails. And uh, I don't know if uh, what, you know, we've all from, come from many different backgrounds, but love can sometimes feel like it's failed us. God can sometimes feel like He's failed us. And these guys, this story we're about to read, uh, this is Easter Sunday. They're on the third day after Jesus' death, and they thought they had been failed. They, they thought they'd been let down. And uh, it says from verse 13 in Luke 24, it says this, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself, resurrected Jesus, came and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Verse 17, it says, He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? What things? He asked. Isn't it amazing? Jesus is walking with them, and they're talking about literally the death of Christ and everything that's just going on in Jerusalem. And Jesus is kind of just acting all coy, just thinking, you know what? I'm just going to go on the journey with these guys. I'm going to just probe a little deeper. He's like, what things? Acting all like naive. And he said, About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. It's Easter Sunday. 
it's been three days. He said three day, you know, he said something about three days. He, we had hoped and, and they, they felt downcast and let down. They felt like love had failed them. They felt like God had failed them. It's amazing how disappointment often blinds us from what is right in front of our face. It's amazing. Jesus, literally the resurrected Jesus was standing in front of their face and they couldn't see him because they were so consumed by a dead Jesus, they couldn't see a living one. They were so consumed by the disappointment, by the, by the letdown, by the failure that they thought was perceived, and, the, and, the, and that they literally couldn't see Jesus in front of their faces. I don't know about you, but in my life, I know there have been moments when I've been let down, and it causes, it causes it, everything feels foggy, and you're like, you, I literally can't see any good in front of me. And it's amazing the journey that Jesus takes them on from this place. He doesn't judge them. He doesn't condemn them. He doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't turn them away. He actually goes on this gentle, beautiful journey of helping them discover who He is and that He's right in front of their face. It's amazing that they, they go from Jerusalem, which means peace, and they're walking to a town called Emmaus, which means hot springs. Sounds pretty good. Um, but, but it's amazing how in disappointment we can actually leave a place of true peace and we can try and find substitutes wow. for peace, isn't it? It's amazing that sometimes when we're so disappointed, we get distracted and we look for things to settle our soul. We look for things. And these guys were journeying away from peace to physical pleasure and comfort. And uh, I love this because even when we can't see Him, He sees us. I want to encourage you this morning, if, you, if you're in your journey and you feel disappointed or let down, whenever, even if we feel like He's not present, He's in our presence. Even when we feel like we, we're so far away, He's still so near. And He wants to take us on that, on that journey of lifting our eyes, lifting our head, lifting us out of that place of being consumed by disappointment into a place where we're in, uh, in, in, in new life, in new hope, with fresh vision, and we're aware that God's in our world. Amen. And that's our prayer for Roselle, that people's heads will be lifted up. Come on, their eyes will be lifted up. People who are living let down and disappointed and disillusioned will find new hope in Christ. Amen. And so just quickly, uh, I want to share three things Jesus did in this moment to uh, lift up their eyes. And we're going to continue the story at verse 27. It says this, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what what was said in the Scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. Verse 30, but when uh, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were our hearts not burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There had been 11 of those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on their way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. The first thing Jesus does is he changes our discussion. I don't know if you realize this, but often when we get disappointed, when we get discouraged, when our eyes are taken off truth, we, get, we find that our discussion starts to turn quite negative, starts to turn into a bit of a cycle. And these two were walking away from Jerusalem and says they were discussing what had happened. They were discussing the death. They were discussing the letdown. Isn't it amazing what Jesus, the first thing Jesus did is he starts to take him on probably the best Bible study in history. He starts to walk through from Moses, through all the Old Testament, everything in the Scriptures concerning himself. He changed their discussion. 
He changed their dialogue. He changed what they were meditating on. He changed what was consuming their minds. And he began to show them step by step, journey by journey. He started to show them and unpack truth to them because their feelings were overwhelming them. And the best thing we can do when we feel let down, discouraged, emotionally heavy is just ground ourselves back in Scripture and go, no, you know what, though? This is truth. And rewire our thinking and start to actually reshape the dialogue and the discussion of our minds. And they they found that was the first thing. Jesus said, you know what? I'm just going to just bring you back to reality here a little bit. Let's, Let's actually look at this. Look at what is in the Scriptures. And maybe that's a point for us where we need to come back and just realize that, you know, God's bigger than this. His ways are higher than our ways. God's on the throne. He's victorious. And we have the finished product already. We have the final chapter to the story. We know what's happening and what has happened for us. And so he changed their discussion. I found that the dialogue of our mind becomes the vision of our heart. And so if we start going in a cycle and thinking things over and it starts consuming us, it starts to become what we feel in our hearts as well. And he was revealing a correct image of who he was. Second thing he did is he made them make a decision. It's interesting, it says when they got to the home that they were going to, it says Jesus continued on as if he was going further. He wasn't, it wasn't even that he was going further. He just wanted them, them to think that he was, he was still going. Like, this isn't where I'm stopping. This is what your house, I'm going to continue. And he kind of made them go, you know what? Oh, we, 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 want, we still want to talk to you. We still want you in our life. And so he continued on, Scripture says, as if. He was going further. He just was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep walking, see what they do, see how they respond. He led them to a place where they had to make a choice, where they had to actually get hungry for him and not just be spoon-fed by him, but actually say, you know what? Uh, no, come into our house. Come dine with us. Come sit with us. And I reckon the, one of the greatest points of transformation is when we start to make a personal decision to say, you know what? No, we want you. We want you in our house. We want you in our lives. We want you in our hearts. And that's what Jesus led them to. He led them to a point of decision. When we make a decision, it makes it personal. It makes it real. And it's amazing what happens, the power in a decision, when we learn to actually embrace the things that he's telling us. The final thing that he did is he gave them a demonstration. This is amazing. First, he started by just changing their discussion, changing the dialogue of their hearts, their minds. And then he led them to a decision And that decision invited them and opened them up to actually have a demonstration of Christ himself. And they sat at the table and it says he broke bread with them. And they literally could taste a tangible experience of God for themselves. It says in the moment where he broke the bread, he gave thanks and he gave it to them. It says their eyes were opened. But that only happened because they had started to dialogue differently. It only happened because they had made a decision to invite him into their homes. And because of that, that created a platform for him to give them a demonstration of who he really was. Isn't that amazing? And the result was this, is they discovered him. They discovered him. These are guys who have been walking with Christ for a couple of years now, and they rediscovered him. Maybe, maybe we need to rediscover Christ. Maybe we've drifted away because of some disappointments. Maybe we've things have let us down. Maybe we feel like love has let us down. Love has failed us. But love never fails. And he journeys with us. So gently, so softly, he walks with us. He journeyed with them. And he just led them step by step into this moment where they could discover him afresh. Isn't that amazing? If I can grab the band back up, that would be awesome. In Psalm uh, 34 and verse 8, it says this. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Isn't that amazing that he wants, he, he, he's not against a, an experience 
God wants us to experience Him and to taste Him and to taste His goodness, to experience Him afresh. The second thing that resulted in is after they discovered Him, it shifted their direction. It shifted their whole approach. They were walking away from Jerusalem, a seven-mile journey. That's about 15, 14, what is it, 13 kilometers probably. That's a, that's a decent journey. And, it, and we know it was nighttime because that's why they invited Jesus in because it was getting dark. It's getting time to pack up, to go to sleep, go inside. And it says, at once, immediately, they went back to Jerusalem. They went back on a 13-kilometer journey to make sure that the people in their world knew, hey, it's true. It's true. It shifted their whole direction. And we can be going one way, going away from peace, going away from hope, away from the center of the cross, moving away. But the moment of revelation, the moment we discover Christ afresh, a whole direction changes. And we head back towards the epicenter of the kingdom of God. Amen. That's our heart. Come on, I want to give God a hand for that. They returned at once to peace. They returned at once to joy. They were all in because they had discovered Him. It wasn't hard. It wasn't, it wasn't strict. It wasn't religious. It was gentle. It was soft. And it was centered on Christ taking them on that journey. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes here this morning. And just before we finish, I'd love to invite anyone. Maybe you're in that boat. Maybe you feel like you've been drifting away from Christ, away from the center of His love. Maybe you feel let down, disappointed, discouraged. Maybe you feel like when you think about God, it's, it's a bit hazy, a bit foggy. Maybe there's some emotions that have overwhelmed your thinking around that. God wants to take us on a journey where we discover Him afresh. Maybe you've never discovered Christ. Maybe you have and you've lost it. You want to rediscover Him again. Here this morning on Easter Sunday, what a perfect morning for us to find afresh the love of Christ, that He never fails us, that He is always good. And with every head bowed, every, every eye closed, just to respect each other's privacy, if that's you here this morning and you want to say, you know what, God, I want that. I want to invite you into my home. I want to make that decision to re-engage with your love. Why don't you just lift your hand with no one looking around? Just slip your hand up just so I can see it. And then you can put it back down. Just an acknowledgement between you and God saying, you know what? This morning, God, I want to re-engage. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Anybody else? Why don't you just lift your hand up just between you and God? Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Just say, God, this morning, Easter Sunday, I want to rediscover Christ. If there's anybody else, just a couple more seconds. I'd hate to miss anyone. Why don't you slip your hand up between you and God this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, why don't we all stand to our feet? We're gonna pray this prayer together. And for those people who lifted their hands, I want you to own this prayer for yourself. But we're gonna pray this together as a family this morning. So let's pray this. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your love, that it never fails, that you love us, that you're with us, that you're for us. And this morning, we receive you afresh into our lives into our hearts, in Jesus' name, amen.